Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. And I'm Grace Duffy. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media. And today we're exploring a new topic. Jeff. Productivity (laughs) strategies for 2022. Today we are joined by Eric Fisher. And the show is going to be about being more productive in 2022. We're covering strategies for prioritizing what is essential in your life and sharing tools for collaborating with remote teams and customers. We're also going to be talking about what it takes to unplug from time to time, but still keep your business going. So I'm so excited to have Eric back in the show, uh, back on the show with us today. Eric, how are you doing today, my friend? I am doing great. I am actually off today. I get a day oh. off. One, my, my, the company that I work for, we have the first Friday of every quarter off starting with this one. And so when you asked me to do the show, I was like, mm, do I really want to do a show on day? I'm like, no, it's fun. This I'm just here work. hanging out with my friends. This isn't work. This yeah. is fun. Yeah. So, so if you do you. not know who Eric Fisher is, you probably haven't been on the internet for a while, but he is the producer and host of the long running Beyond the To Do List podcast. For almost 10 years, he's talked with experts on how to implement productivity strategies in their personal and professional lives. He is also the senior social media manager at Bizabo. Eric, um, so glad. Tell us about Bizabo. What is it? Because it's kind of hard to say. And, uh, you know, this is relatively new for you. It's an event experience OS. So it's software that enables you to have an amazing event experience on site, online, virtually, as well as hybrid. So we used those a bit. We used Bizabo back in the day. I think it was two or three years straight. Uh, back when it was just a digital app, just a virtual app um, at Social Media Marketing World when we were all part of right. that mix. Right. And um, that's how I knew of them. But man, have I been immersed in the event world in the past few months. It's amazing. So if you if you for any reason need to put on events, um, you should really check out Visible. <laughs> yeah, it is an ex- it is it is an amazing experience engine and OS. Very, very cool. So. Um, I want to do a shout out be- real quick to our sponsors over on Ecamm um, because they've got something amazing coming up. It's an event as well, but it's our friend um, Kelly Mirabella is doing a challenge going from Oh No to Ecamm Pro, which I thought was a really, really uh, cool little uh 
plug there. But they're going to be doing, starting on January 17th through 20, the 21st, they're doing daily live streams at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And each day, Kelly is going to uh, dive into Ecamm live with you. She's going to be answering your questions. She's helping you to go from, like I said, oh no to Ecamm Pro. They've got daily worksheets. They've got checklists with a lot of help along the way. So make sure you take the challenge with them. If you're wanting to up your live video game, one of the, that's one of your resolutions for the beginning of the year. Uh, this is one a challenge that you want to want to go and try out. So uh, if you go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Ecamm live, that's the place where you can sign up and get all the information that you need about this challenge. It's going to be amazing. Kelly is amazing. Uh, but Facebook, uh, com, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Ecamm live. So we'd love for you guys to go check that out. So first section, Grace, we're talking productivity today. This is fun. We got the, the, the guy who's knows the most about productivity that I know. Um, so kick us off with this first segment. Absolutely. Well, we wanted to start the year off right with a sense of intention and purpose. And so I'm so excited to have our friend Eric here to discuss his productivity strategies for 2022. And so we're all getting back to work, at least this week, we all have in, but it's not quite business as usual. We're still dealing with a lot of adjustments for travel, you know, the conference world, definitely on Eric's side, remote work for the rest of us. And then, you know, just some various lifestyle changes. And I know that the last two years have been giving us a lot of time to reflect and what on what's important and reprioritize and reconnect. So I want to kick this off with Eric, did you have any New Year's resolutions around productivity? <laughs> if so, what were they? I want to hear. I want to know. Yeah. So I typically, when it comes to New Year's resolutions, don't hold a, you know, firm, fast. I cross this line. And from that point forward, I, I resolve to, you know, hunker down and do this thing forever and ever till the end of time. Like, I just don't do that. I don't necessarily make resolutions per se. I'm more of a, and, and there's nothing wrong with them. But there is there is something good about assessing where you're at. And, um, you know, different people out there have different things they do. Like Chris Brogan has his word or words of the year, mm -hmm. uh, which I know I've done a couple of times in the past. And it's kind of a blanket term to kind of uh, or a lens to look at the quarters of the year through that, that you're walking into. Um, and, and I think especially I've gotten away from resolutions with the past two years, but even more so, you know, um, 2017 through 2019 and then obviously 21 and 2021 and 22 uh it's so hard through everything out of whack so uh so i kind of grew tired of doing as much annual stuff but i like to look at the larger i like to look at the larger picture but i also look to like to look at the short-term uh frames in between that the 12-week year type stuff i mean that's jeff and i have been part of a, a mastermind we don't we don't typically adhere to, so what's this quarter look like f for you right. as much anymore as we used to, but we did. And when we entered into that, it was like, okay, 12 weeks is a good amount of time to be able to make some kind of uh, incremental course correction, et cetera. And so being able to look at that, being able to um, assess where you are, where you've been and where you want to go and kind of just look both ways on the timeline and decide, Okay, do I need to turn the, you know, ship this amount of degrees left or right? Or do I need to jerk the wheel? Whatever, right, you know. Right. And that's where resolutions come in, I would think. It's like if, if you find yourself in a, you know, I, you know what? I need to jerk the wheel. Something's wrong. I need to make things happen here. But the thing is, is even when you're jerking the wheel and turning suddenly, 
you're not going to turn suddenly, but you can start to go that like, in other words, I'm thinking of like, everybody wants to, you know, lose that 50, 60 pounds or whatever it is. COVID you know? weight. Yeah, that's right. Or, or, yeah. Lose your COVID weight. In other words, you're not going to lose all that in an, a matter of, uh, you know, a, a new year's resolution to, to lose that weight could be a good one. Just know if you were to start right now to lose it, you won't until three months out, probably two to three months at least, unless you're literally starving yourself. So, right. right. And, I, and I've got some, you know, course correction things that I'm working on um, right. in terms of sleep and energy and intermittent fasting and things like that. Mm-hmm. But overall, those were things I was already inching towards anyway and or testing out and working on um, last quarter. Specifically, though, one of the things that's interesting is we, we, New Year's resolutions come at this point in time where we're in winter, which depending upon where you're at, it's real cold. You've just done a full year's of activity worth full year's worth of activity. You need to rest. And that's right. what's most important. And so I think, I, I think what's interesting is the whole productivity slash fix your life refocus that happens at the beginning of January kind of really should happen September or, (laughs) or summertime, some, somewhere where it's more like you can be more active. You can be more focused. You can be, you know, in other words, it's, it's the wrong time of year to be thinking of kicking things into gear. We should actually be assessing and making plans this quarter for the other three. That's my personal. Ah. So it's yeah. real. It's really interesting because, um, you know, a lot of people I think feel that same way. In fact, I'm I'm editing a podcast right now for a guy Kawasaki coming up with, with BJ Fogg, and he wrote a book called Tiny Habits. And the science behind habit forming is not. It's it's it was fascinating because it's not about you know making these things that he, you have to tie it to an emotion and it's got to be in your schedule. And it's, it's, it's going to be a fascinating podcast. But one of the things I know, like a lot of people have been reprioritizing their life and figuring out, figuring out how, you know, work fits in, you know, we, we've talked about it in past shows about the great resignation, but everything from the type of work you do, where you work, how you work, there's all these new options or people are, are having them come up to the top of their mind right now. So what are some tools maybe, or some tips you suggest for helping people figure out where they should put that focus and energy? Is there, you know, some hacks that you found to be really, really helpful? Well, I think one of the things that, that when it comes down to this, figuring out where you want to spend your time, I mean, obviously doing a time audit and saying, Oh, I'm spending all this time on this thing that I need to that that I didn't realize. Okay, that's not good. It's like it's like looking up like we just we got a video game system over Christmas. My son has already beaten two games and I'm like, (laughs) dude, what are you doing? And I look and I see it's like time spent and I'm like, oh, like it's it's insane how much time he's already spent. Now he was off from school, so he could do that. Mm -hmm. But if, if suddenly I, you know, so I don't expect me to get a lot done if I'm <laughs> spending right. a lot of time doing so, but you, but, but it's amazing to me how much we don't pay attention to how much time we're spending on little things like that. Like my, again, my phone is not sitting here anywhere near my desk because I wanted to be fully present and fully focused on this conversation and talking with you guys. And, um, thing is, is that how many times are we picking that up? to check the time slash swipe slash then just dive into all the different apps and just like, it's so insane to me how little time we have and then we fritter it away like Mm -hmm. that. So that's first step is just kind of take an audit, see what you want to, you know, see what you're spending your time on. 
and what you can eliminate and or put boundaries up. Part two to that is what do you want to be spending your time on? What should you be spending your time on? And only when you do like a brain dump and actually look at your calendar slash do a time audit, do you start to see the patterns form and realize, well, if I could free up all this time, suddenly what would I use it for? And honestly, I think some of us don't even know what we want to be using it for or could be using it for, but we <laughs> you right. know, but we could, you know, I mean, for example, I know that, you know, Jeff, you were doing a bunch of carving and things. Mm -hmm. Remember? I mean, that was something you had to free up time for. Now you were kind of multitasking where you were doing a live right. show right. doing it, but right. you know, yeah. that's, it, it really comes down to where are you spending your time now? And what do you wish you were spending your time on? So I, I want to just ask our audience, because I know a lot of people are talking about like tools there. And, you know, one of <laughs> Megan Powers, thanks for joining Megan. She goes, uh, haha, I'm going to resolve to speak clear uh, because I screwed up the beginning of the show. Uh, but uh, and then uh, uh, another one says uh, Photoshop and Tailwind are some uh, the, and paper planners are their most important productivity tools. Um, digital artists that sells products on Zazzle full time. That is very, very cool, Nelda, uh, that you do that. Um, and then other people are like, uh, somebody said, I'm, this may be Lou. I much prefer, prefer a word of the year versus resolutions that they see results from that, which is really, really cool. Um, Sabrina says this, I love what Eric said. I don't do resolutions in January. January seems to never be a fresh start. It's a letdown from the holiday season, yeah. which when you were talking, Eric, I was thinking about that because, uh, you almost need a vacation from your vacation or a holiday from your holiday, yeah. you know? So, right. um, but anyway, I know, Grace, I know you have some, some, you found some great articles um, about this. So I'll let you take the, yeah. this next question. Well, I, I love all these people that are t piping in with their paper planner because I honestly felt like I was pulling that out of the dark ages. But honestly, what's something that Eric said about how, you know, you go on your phone to check the time and suddenly you're in there. That's why I wear a watch to check the time and I have my paper planner and it's just doing these things that are more intentionally offline are, are, so I love that everyone is everyone in the comments is in on that. So mm -hmm. uh, my next thing I want to talk to you about was there's this article in Business Insider about author Tim Ferriss, which, of course, we all know from the four hour work week for our chef, for our body, totally monopolized that four hour thing. And so he <laughs> says that he conducts a past year review instead of setting a New Year's resolution, kind of like what. Um, Eric was talking about, and he tries, and he does it to be more productive. There's a whole five-step process in doing this. If you want to know more about it, I would suggest finding this article in Business Insider, but he does talk about maximizing the positives in your life and downgrading the negative. So he does that full inventory assessment of what is positive in your life, what is negative, and do more of the things that make you happy, right? So you've already touched a, a little bit on this, Eric, but tell us how you would apply the same principle in our work life and our business. Now we've talked a lot about how we implement this in our personal lives, but how do you apply this habit to work and how would you even implement this considering everyone else is just kind of rolling in out of our hibernation <laughs> in January? Yeah, well, and again, this is another reason why I really like the 12 week year mm -hmm. versus annual planning. Now I know there's a place for annual planning, but think about it, it's arbitrary. It's like January to December. Um, friend of ours, all of us, I believe, Mike, Mike Vardy, he does, uh, he starts his year in September, which I think is crazy and amazing at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I kind of prefer to not have it be as overwhelming a task to do a full year review. And I would rather go with a, let's look at the quarter I'm closing 
and the quarter I'm heading into. In other words, let's take it three months at a time and it's much more manageable. It's much more able to, uh, you know, because if I said this is the year of insert here and then like two months in something happens like, I don't know, a pandemic, Mm -hmm. then my words are going to change or my resolutions are going to change. But like I can pivot in a quarter neatly and easily and kind of assess where am I at with a certain project? Oh, okay. I need to push pause and start this, see if it maybe makes sense to pick this back up in another quarter or two, something like that. I can't. And honestly, I I just think that this is, I mean, this is with like with projects, Mm -hmm. projects are big, you know, daunting, um, overwhelming things, but you break them down into steps or chapters and you can break those down into tasks and so on. And then you can knock it out bit by bit. So I kind of lean towards instead of doing a full year, I mean, you can do a retrospective if you want to, but I kind of say, well, I've already handled the first three quarters, you know, going quarterly review to get to the end of the year and just assess September, October, November, December ish area timeframe. So Interesting. That's me. So I went to, so uh, Sabrina says she loves the paper planner too, Grace. She uses the the happy planner, which that's per- perfectly on brand for Sabrina. Um, and Jim says he gets, he sets goals instead of resolutions, which I really like. Resolutions sound so formal. Like if you break this resolution that you're going to, you know, it, you know. It sounds like you're signing a lifetime yeah, contract. It's like you're buying a house. Um, <laughs> Joseph says this, and Joseph, thank you for sharing and being transparent. He says uh, he's found clarity on what is important when he was diagnosed with cancer the things you thought were important change. So, and then hashtag one life. And we have a yeah. friend, uh, Owen video, a lot of you know, in the audience who's going through the same sort of thing. And it really does focus to that. And I, one of the things about social media is when people do share that, that also helps us think about, are we prioritizing things right? So Joseph, you know, we'll be praying for you and thank you for your, your transparency on that. Um, a lot of uh, some other people have said, you know, like Dustin says, he loves the, uh, idea of working one quarter at a time, which, uh, you know, I think I say that. And then I kind of, towards the end of the year, everything is kind of goes crazy and flies away. Um, Jim likes that quarterly approach. And he's also been using the three uh, words for his year. I do the same thing, Jim. I have it on my monitor, the three words that I, I do for a year. And I, I change that out every year. So I think I love the Brogan's um, idea. And, uh, and Sabrina goes, yes, Jeff gets me. So what, uh, so uh, as we're going on guys, uh, put in the comments, what are your, what is there some new focus that you're going to have for 2022? I'd love to know what you guys are going to focus on because we're talking about productivity tips and focusing uh, is what has changed with, that you're wanting to really uh, do more of in 2022. Um, and what other habits Eric should as we take it from a business standpoint. So what should we as business owners and you're a business owner, even though you're working for somebody else, you have your podcast, which is this whole separate business. What should we do in 2022 to be more productive and effective at work at our work kind of life? Well, we're going to get into this more later in the conversation, I'm sure. But the biggest thing that I can say that anybody should do in terms of the habits that you want to create, if you don't already have this in place is to take, breaks. And and I don't mean just, uh, you know, like I said, I could say, pick the phone up. I'm like, it doesn't count if you're doing the same, if you're in the same position physically in the same location, physically space wise, if you're doing the same, if you're just switching to a different size screen, 
than the one you were using to do the work or even if you were writing with paper and then you you know pick something up in other words really differentiate really break it up really get into a different physical state of mind or a physical state of presence a physical state of mind a di- you know all those different things in other words take real breaks let you know you, you turn turn music on if you weren't listening to music, like real music, not just like listen to this music. So it helps you focus on the work that you have to get done type music, but actual music you enjoy lifts your spirit. Right. In other words, yeah. um, or go outside for a walk, get some actual sun. If you can <laughs> um, get fresh air, you know, things like that. In other words, making a change of pace and a change of scenery and a change of mindset can really help. And it's one of the, the the biggest things that I think we overlook. We constantly are going through the entire day. And even when we say we're taking a break, we're scrolling right. with our fingers or with our hands or something, or we're looking at yet another screen. And by not having that built in decompression time and, and, or like take a nap for, in other words, uh-huh. it, it resets your brain. So <laughs> Don't take a nap during our show, though, is the no, important thing. Not right not, now. Not right now. Yeah. No, so not right now. Um, I want to bring up some more comments because uh, some people are, are really sharing some great things. Uh, uh, a Facebook user said, we made, uh, made a community tracker for my membership this month. That is very, very cool. Uh, Jim is saying his his focus is going to be scaling his business, creating more, uh, more content, and taking time to learn new things. I love that last one because... I think learning, finding out new things is the, one of the best ways to be creative. Our pal Shannon Hernandez says he just read an article on Business Insider about taking breaks. Uh, taking yeah. breaks is huge for him. That's, I think, we do a poor job of this in the United States. I know Ian, he, like, he's on another holiday. He's over the, it's like they take every week, they have some new holiday that they go celebrate, which is great. I'm not knocking that. I wish we would do that more here in the States. And Sabrina says she's actually going to focus on herself more and take more time off, not weeks at a time, just carve out three-day weekends, take more half days. I think that's awesome, uh, Sabrina. A lot of people are getting rid of, like, uh, mental and physical clutter. Uh, You know, does it bring you joy? Let it go. What is that? uh, that, uh, Marie Kondo. Yeah, Yeah. spark joy, sparking joy. Um, And uh, Dustin's doing the Pomodoro technique. Uh, It helps him stay fully energized throughout the day. That's really, really cool. A lot of people... Um, are, are have some really great focus tips. Um, but now I want to talk about this because we kind of went into, you know, our business. Eric gave some great tips about how to be better at doing that. Taking breaks is a part of it. But I want to talk about collaboration across teams because even if you're a solopreneur, as you grow, uh, even if you don't have full-time employees, a lot of times you'll have, you know, VAs that you'll be using or contractors or something like that. And you know, so much of productivity comes from being able to work with a distributed team every day or, you know, once a week or whatever. So there's a lot of these new work from home mandates that have been extended at many of organizations, a lot of them that we've worked for. And so companies are starting to double down on collaborative solutions that help product uh, productivity, like in Zoom time, because we're all tired of Zoom calls. Like, so we want to talk about how do we can collaborate with teams. You, we've, all of us have been on the same team before working on projects and promotions and stuff like that. So I think we forget. And a lot of people watching may forget, like this is new to a lot of people. 
Like this is something that they, we've been doing it for years, but a lot of people are like, I've, I had to master Zoom last year, which we were like, yeah, we were doing live video back, you know, when it first came out. <laughs> we were so, already doing Skype yeah, before yeah. that. So, so um, yeah. as this grows, Eric, what do you think are some, some ways that you can, I mean, you you have to do this now with your job is yeah. meetings and all this stuff and collaborating with, you know, you have people who edit your podcast. How do you manage all that and still, because you can always be putting out fires and never get anything done. So what are some tips that you would give us for managing teams? Well, when it comes to being part of a team or managing a team, especially remotely, it is all about two things, communication and expectation. And it's not just about those things. It's about having clear and good communication and clear and good expectations that are all agreed upon. So, you know, we've all been in different scenarios where uh, we've got multiple channels. We've got we've got email. We've got Slack. We've got Facebook messages. We've got Twitter DMs. We've got WhatsApp. We've got uh, I think I mentioned Slack already, but see, there's I'm like already right. lost in the weeds. And it's like. <laughs> When somebody can message you on any of those, oh, text messages, phone calls, even if if those are still a thing. And if you don't know which each of those channels is is expectation that it's used for, then if you're suddenly getting like, for example, if, if, if I have a person who only ever emails me and suddenly I've got a phone call coming in like, oh, that must be an emergency is the default mode that I go to. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of other people are as well, because phone is kind of reserved for I've got to get you now because this is an emergency. Right. But if it's a phone call and it's not an emergency, you've now trained me that that you see that all these things are possible. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it it may be. And so what I'm getting at here is that we have accepted this status quo of always being on call or at least feeling like you are because there's not clear expectation either from leadership or from management or being in the team or all of the above as to how and in what way and when, especially, we are using certain channels to communicate changes in status or expectations or, you know, all of that stuff. It, it, it First and foremost, and especially this comes with having a culture at a company or if you're the head of it, having the right kind of uh, statement and, and, you know, outright expectations stated, like it's almost like an email responder, but for everything in life mm. and in everything in business. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard when, like, especially when we've all worked in social media. So, I mean, there are 50 ways that we can be contacted. So, right. And it's, well, and, yeah. And it's the fear of missing out. It's the, it's, it's again, mm-hmm. it's that whole on call constantly. Like if, if I'm trying to build my brand or, you know, like as Jim is talking about, create more content. Well, uh, in order to create that content, I got to know what people want. So I've got to make sure I'm always on social. So I know what they want so I can make what they want. So they get what, get it from me and not somebody else. And it's this spiral of psychology and emotion when it mm-hmm. comes to, if I want to be the best at what I'm good at, over and 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 even look at it as a competition with the next guy who does basically the same thing but with their voice versus my voice right, right. it's imposter syndrome we can go down that road but we don't have to but <laughs> point being like it all of these factors start to meld into just anxiety of i guess i'm going to have to carry my phone with me at all times so that i can scroll through things at all times and I know we always say turn off the notifications as like a default, but a lot of people don't. 
And even those that don't, or even those that do, will actually still, pick, again, like me, pick the phone up and start scrolling. And we'll get into that a little bit yeah. more later. Take some time away, but like you've got to break the cycle to then reassess how frequently you should be using some of these com- these communication tools. Yeah, absolutely. People are saying, you know, great points, Eric's FOMO and imposter syndrome are real. And the other thing is we've all had this happen, maybe from the same person, but um, that we've had an email. We, we made the mistake of on a Saturday checking our email and then yes. your, then your weekend is ruined because you're like, I'm going to have to deal with this. And so one is is making those habits that are you do unplug during the weekend and also training you, like you had mentioned, training your people, or even sometimes your 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 uh, your bosses or your um, you know that you're contracting with, that you know what what mode of communication that we've done. We had we had this. We have to do this with uh, in on guys team. You know, we're like we have a, a system that we have set up, and it works really really well with Peg and I and and Guy and messaging about the podcast. But I also think, and I am I know Thanksgiving is over, but I'm so thankful that I see so many people who work remotely that they are on meetings all the time. And I think we have a meeting epidemic because most of these meetings are worthless. And I, I mean, I feel for you guys who don't have the control to stop that. But if you are a manager and you're doing that, stop it. It's not worth it. It's killing people. I, when are they supposed to get work done? I'm just like amazed. Like their, their, their schedule is booked in and they're telling me, yeah, I got to go get in another meeting. And I'm like, do you, Really? How do you do any work? And so anyway. <laughs> well, so Jeff, that that actually piggybacks into the other point that I wanted to make, which is that not only is it about clear communication and expectation, but once you have those in place, it's about time blocking and it's mm. about stating. I mean, you, you've got to have the communication and expectation piece first to be OK with saying I am going to put this time block on my calendar, say what it is I am doing and then close Slack and close email and close those communication channels and know that anything that could be communicated to me during that time that I am doing the actual work that I'm paid for, whether you pay yourself or someone else does, during that time, it's going to be okay if I'm not paying attention to those incoming inputs. I don't need more inputs. I need to close these loops on these outputs first. Right, right. <laughs> so, so uh, here, here um, so Elisa says, I talked to someone the other day whose company policy is that they only meet us for as long as they can hold a plank. And I know, and I know that there's also, okay. they have standing meetings where you, you can't sit. You only, you have to stay. And that makes the meeting shorter. Amazon. And this was from another interview that I heard what I edited for a guy. Kawasaki was that had one of the big, one of the, founders of Amazon on and they, you know, they have to have a written agenda for all their meetings that, yep. that I mean, I, I think that kind of stuff is genius instead of just showing up and like, okay, it's our weekly Monday meeting. I just, ugh. what are you gonna say, Grace? I'm sorry. And, and I know Shannon no. said in the comments yeah. here, meetings should be emails. And Absolutely. I think often that's true, but sometimes the opposite is also true. Don't slack me to death. Don't email me to death. Let's get in a zoom for five to 10 minutes right. and literally do the rapid fire back and forth, get on the same page and shut it down. Mm, yeah. yeah. But Grace, uh, you have a good time management thing that you found that uh, it's, it's coming to the forefront again. So talk about that a little bit. 
Oh, the Eisenhower time management yeah. system. Yeah. yeah. So Inc.com published this article, Eisenhower, President Eisenhower from the 1950s, you know, of course, was ta- was as credited with this. And it's two questions that he would ask. And it was it formed a simple matrix. Is a task urgent or not urgent? And then is it important or not important? And then or is it critical to the achievement? Is it satisfying a business goal? You can find this article in Inc. It's just Eisenhower time management system. It was an article from this past week. Mm-hmm. So I know there's a lot of systems that talk about this. We've always talked about what's urgent, what's important, what's on fire, what's not. So Eric, talk to us about what, um, you know, in terms of delegating tasks, we've talked about managing ourselves, managing the people up above us, but we manage teams. I manage people too. And so, yeah, how do you go about delegating tasks to team members? Well, again, this goes back to that clear communication and expectation. So if, if, I am asking people to do things that that's not part of their like having joined a company recently, like it's like it's all about figuring out, okay, who do I go to when this happens or who is the person that if I need this done, I ask to do it and figuring all of that out once I've got once we've got that workflow in place, then it's like, oh, okay, you know, and and, and what's great is, is um I love the Eisenhower matrix. I don't live my life by it, but at the same time, it's great for triaging short and long term and being able to say, you know, what's urgent and what's important or what's not urgent, what's not important. And then all the different combinations therein. Um, But once you have an idea of that, in fact, I actually had a really good uh, conversation. I think it was this week or the week before uh, the recent episode uh, with Don Curry on my show and his book's called when to say yes. And it's all about this. It's all about all these requests that are coming in. And I know you asked, you know, about delegating. Well, what if you're the receiving end of that delegation? It's about saying, well, okay, here's the thing, boss. If you want me to get this done, then you also need to be somebody who steps in and says what other priority that I'd already had needs to get delayed or be deferred uh, either time-wise or to someone else f- due to this urgent thing that you, and important thing that you're now asking me to do. So I guess I would say keep that in mind as you're also delegating out and receiving mm. delegation in. Mm. Yeah. He also makes a good point that uh, there are different spheres or different, um, you know, like I think I've j- explained this to you before, Jeff, where it's like these these concentric rings where I'm in the middle and right out from that is my oh, wife, yeah. my daughter, my son. Right out from that is like my mom and other extended family. And then and then that's where Jeff come Jeff and a few other friends here come in and then further out and further out. And it's like based on how close the request is in which circle also changes how you relate to it and signify it, whatever, you yeah. know, and your boss is in there somewhere, but you figure, you figure that out. Right. Yeah. That's a great yeah. point. So uh, another article I read was talking about, there's a huge opportunity right now because, and I totally agree that this hybrid work, the hybrid work situation we're in is not going to go away. This is going to be for the rest of time because people have found out they like it. They don't want to come in the office every week. They're even thinking like, I saw some stat they're going to have like three days in the office and then two days, you know, out kind of is going to be the standard they think. Um, But there's a real opportunity right now for all these app creators and SaaS companies to really build these tools that help facilitate this hybrid and remote working. Um, Do you have any like tools or apps, like specifically apps? We've kind of mentioned the big ones like Slack and all that stuff, but other things that would simplify, you know, like, 
the like getting you know because you're not in the office you know but some people are like these this collaborations that's going to happen with your clients and your customers are there any things that you like to use that aren't so much the standard like slack and zoom and those kind of things yeah well one that we i mean a lot of people do use this but one that we use is Airtable because it can do so many different things mm-hmm. and it works a lot like an asana or a trello in certain ways with the kanban where you know it's an it, it, imagine a big board in front of you and there's different things on it and as they move through various stages of progress they move across the board and different people are tagged and comments are in there and all that kind of good stuff you know so asana trello those are they've been around a while um we use Airtable. I hear great things about ClickUp. Some of the, oh, yeah. some of the problem with some of these is that you end up having a tool that is almost like a, a, a Swiss Army knife on steroids, where it's just like so many different bells and whistles that you can do. I would say think about what it is. Think about what the bare minimum is that you need to be able to use these for, and see which one can cover you there. Again, a lot of them have free options as well. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, actual tools is of course Ecamm. That's my productivity tool. And they are also a sponsor of the show. So um, not only will it let you do very cool live videos like we're doing right now, uh, but it also lets you record. I've done whole presentations with, because you can record straight to your computer and not go live. You can actually do a, like, you could do a TikTok video because it lets you do the the tall video. And so it's very, very cool. Thank you so much for Ecamm for sponsoring the show, but you can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. Don't forget they have this new challenge if you have gotten one of your Christmas presents was Ecamm for yourself over uh, this year. Uh, if you wanted to get trained on that, this challenge is coming up that Kelly is doing. Uh, make sure you guys go find that out in their Facebook group because that's going to be something that's going to be a lot of fun. But one of the most important thing is this next section that I want to talk about. We teased it at the beginning of the show. It is all about uh, unplugging because and Mitch uh, had this great comment earlier in the show. He goes, trends in social media consumption mirror our productivity. We waste time on lots of small distractions versus concentrated big ones, just like how we waste hours watching short 15-second videos. Um, and sometimes we, we, don't, we need to watch those to unplug, which we're going to be talking about. But, uh, Grace, I know you found some really great articles about this. Yeah. And I don't think we do it enough or we say, oh, that's a good idea. And we try it for a week or two and then we go back to our bad habits. So talk about this a little bit. Yeah, well, in researching this show, I expected to find a lot of and here's how to make 2022 top notch. Here's your list. Here's this. Here's that. But instead, what I found was a lot of articles titled things like New Year's Resolution, be less productive. Here's how and here's why. So I know that a lot of people now are, we talked a lot about unplugging and taking that time off and taking those breaks. And I think that's where we are at right now, especially after the last couple years of total upheaval. So the writer of this article, she's a writer, she's been self-employed for 10 years. And she says that every January 1st, she makes a resolution to be faster, more efficient, agile at work. Like many business owners, she had a very complicated relationship with rest. We've all, you know, we were just talking about how, you know, there's that urge of being in the know, the FOMO and everything. But, and of course, being self-employed, she struggles because you're on your own. You're not relying on a company or a team. And so all of this was wrapped up in her sense of self-worth with, of course, is a whole other topic. But this year she decided to stop berating herself for not accomplishing every goal that she hits and um, taking more of that time to find something called joy and creativity. (laughs) 
So let's talk about unplugging and continuing to find that joy and creativity, because to be honest, it's hard to be creative when you're constantly going, going, going. Creativity takes a matter of time to like step back, to think about things slowly, organically, whether that's on a walk or doing something else. You're not going to necessarily find all that creativity watching uh, hours of 15 second videos, at least I haven't. So talk <laughs> to us about that, Eric. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I I love when they, they these are almost my favorite articles because it just kind of gives me a pulse as to where people are when it comes yeah. to the way that they view productivity. So for somebody to say, you know, my New Year's resolution is I'm going to aim to be less productive. And I'm like, that's not the good. That's not a good goal. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It, it, because what they're really saying, what they're really saying is I yeah. want to this year moving forward be less busy. There's a yeah. difference. There's a difference between busyness and productivity. Productivity is, to me, using the time you have for what you intended it to be used for. So watching those 15-second videos, if I say I'm going to sit down and watch a bunch of 15-second videos in a row or the same one over and over and over again because it makes me feel good and I said that's what I was going to do, then I've been productive. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's something we should feel guilty about if we decided and, and and we knew with a clear conscience that was a good use of my time. Same thing with productivity. It's like, well, people want to say, well, that wasn't a productive use of your time. I, you know, and, and people, people think productivity is squeezing every last bit, bit of juice out of every second of every day. Carpe diem, season, you know, crush it, all that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, what, there's a productivity for me again. If I intended to use the time for that reason and it was a good use of my time and I did what I said I was going to do, good for me. That 30-minute nap, that was productive. That day off, that was productive. Me unplugging at a certain time of day, right? that was productive. Like me working on the weekend could actually be productive if I said I was going to do it or if I have it compartmentalized or broken up into the ways that I want it to be. So – I, it, 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 you've, it, I, I'm, I'm dancing around here, but ultimately it's about the way you look at what productivity is and the way that you look at, again, this constant buzz of, like I was talking about earlier, feeling like you are constantly on call. And if right. you can short circuit that expectation from others or in your own brain at, that you have of yourself for that. And you can say, I'm now less productive. But what you really mean is you're less busy. Now, who would, which would you rather be less productive or less busy? Right? Yeah. 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 So I, we have a question from somebody over on Amazon Live, which is great. Um, they said, well, how can a person, and Eric, this is right up your alley. How can a person be um, unplug and also edit podcasts? Because it sounds like they are like, a podcast producer and they have their own show and you and I both know that can suck. <laughs> that can take a lot of time. Um, how can you, how can you unplug and also be an editor? I guess, what are your tips for that? Yeah. Cause you've done it for 10 years. Well, yeah. I, and, and up until recently I have edited my own show and I just had to put the blinders on, you know, I had to, I, what I did find was uh, I, I often use brain.fm. Yeah. I and, do. Bill, I figured out that for a while there, if you played that and then turned the sound of the podcast up, especially if there wasn't music in the podcast, but it was just the conversation that you were mm -hmm. editing, you would get some of that vibe off that brain FM, you know, killing mm -hmm. the fight or flight. But ultimately, if you can sit and do a chunk of something 
and then get up and take a break and then sit and do it again. Yeah. And in, and and for that break, that be your social media time. It was like, okay, good. There's no fires. Or okay, good. I've got oh that thing I did got however many likes and people people still like me. Great. You know, right. if that's what you're going for, which for me right. it's not. But like, that's what I'm saying. You, in other words, it's if you really can't separate, got constantly being connected, there's a problem. So mm-hmm. you've got to be able to flip a switch and step away and do things that are more important. That's why I love this timer. Cause I use this for, especially when I'm editing guys podcast, cause I need to get up and not sit for a long period of time. I, so this is a perfect little thing that I use. Uh, Dustin mentioned the Pomodoro technique too, that he used. I think that's how you say it. That's how I say it. Um, Pomodoro, but this, yeah. yeah, this, um, this whole thing about creativity and adding more creativity to our work is, is super fascinating to me. I am a shameless plug. I'm starting a new podcast all about uh, product, uh, not productivity, all about creativity. And I'm so excited about that. So if you guys want to be like on the launch crew or get a sneak peek to it, uh, just, uh, send me a DM in the comments and I'll uh, add you guys to this and let you listen to like a, a pre version of it because I'm really excited about it, but uh, fascinating about cre- creativity. So I've heard it. It's great. Yeah. So he, the, Eric and I, Grace has heard it as well. So I sent it to her too. So um, very excited about that coming up, but that's my thing for this year. But what are some of your tips, Eric, about advice about nurturing more creativity? Like what do you, you mentioned brain FM. Do you have any other hacks that you have? Like when you feel like, man, I'm in a slump, I'm, I'm not feeling very creative. You know, what do you do to kind of get past that hurdle? Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is we often talk about, you know, you can't output anything if you're not inputting anything. So consume stuff that will inspire you and all that. And that's great. And, you know, I'm going to toe that line and say, that's, that's great. Keep doing that. Pick and choose and definitely go consume things. Whether again, it's setting aside the time intentionally to go look at 15 second videos and see what's out there. And there's some, there's some great ones that make Mm -hmm. you feel awesome or funny or creative. And you're just like, Oh, I just got an idea. And you write that down and you capture it. Um, but you also have to completely unplug. Like you have to disconnect from the consuming and let what's already in your head start to spin around and, you know, ruminate and simmer like in the pot. You know, you've got to back burner some stuff and let it sit there and let it just simmer, you know, and let it because because often it's great to have lots of ideas. But some of the best ones are the ones that you like hold in your head for a while right. and connect up with other ideas and someone else because once you're thinking on something your brain's constantly working you know so why not let it by letting it breathe in other words let your brain breathe (laughs) (laughs) so eric have you ever taken a sabbatical from social media like i know so many of our friends in the industry have from time to time is this even something that's possible yes i i went for uh I think it was 12 or 13 days straight without social just like a week ago. And it was great. Like I offloaded all the apps um, just, you know, and or delete them depends on who you are, what you're doing. But yeah, if you can offload those apps, if you can just go without it for a long time, like, and I even removed, like I created a separate screen, like I'm on your phone now on on iOS, especially you can, move all your stuff to a certain page and or just remove pages. So my front page was like, I had like two widgets there and then like phone, texting, camera settings. And that was it for like Mm -hmm. almost two weeks straight. 
And it was yeah. like, I didn't have to pick my phone up to do anything. I relied on my watch for the time. It was, you know, and or like phone calls and texts. And that was it. Like, and, and I did take, you know, I did let that left the camera, kept the phone on me. Cause I was like, I want to capture moments and with video or with images. And I did, but I wasn't like picking it up constantly to open up an app and open up another app and open up another app and just scroll. And right. by yeah. not doing that, my the the habit of doing that became so much less of a pull that it was it was mm -hmm. a great reset to be able to stop doing that constantly now once i've got those apps back freely able to be used mm -hmm. again Mm -hmm. So I would love for you guys in the comments to let us know what are some of your hacks that you use uh, to help, you know, keep you on track, be more creative. Uh, we had somebody over, you know, Eric's one of his tips he gave me, he calls it a nappuccino where you take it, you drink some coffee and then you, and then you take a little nap. And by the time you wake up, um, the caffeine is kicked in and you're ready to go. And so I, I've been doing that. I love it because it does help with creativity. It gives you a little break. You're down and you're kind of, and a lot of times uh, creative, creative will bubble up through that. Uh, we had somebody on Amazon Live saying they have a Fitbit that buzzes 50 minutes after the hour to get up uh, when they're doing their editing and get up and do stuff like that. Um, one of my hacks that I do is that I change the, my watch face on the weekend um, to Mickey Mouse. And that way, when I look, I look at it like, oh, I got to do something. I remember that, oh, that's, I'm supposed to be on downtime right now. So, you know, Mickey Mouse around a little bit more. So um, <laughs> Joseph says he uses the Headspace app, which I've heard oh, a lot a good of good one. things about yep. that. Um, Gary uses the timer on his Apple Watch. That's a great, yeah. The the new I, They've redone the timers now where you can have multiple ones, which I think is really, really cool. I really like what they've done with that. And, or your voice assistants using yeah. timers for you as well. Yeah. See how I didn't use their name. Yeah, Megan likes the Nappuccino uh, idea as well. So uh, back to like taking a break, sabbatical. This is our last question. Uh, what are some tools that you, like when you went offline for that amount of time, I couldn't even get a hold of him. That's how deep he went uh, <laughs> offline. Not true. And he said, uh, I mean, what are some ones we can set and forget? Like what are, to put our social media, that's what you do at uh, Bizabo, um, you, you know, how do you, what are some tools that we can use? Like we can batch stuff and then we can actually take like a vacation or a break? Is there anything that you use to automate social media? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the best things you can do is you can, I mean, you, one, you want to make sure you're, you've got somebody paying attention to be aware of the world at large, because for <laughs> me, one of the things I did was I did not look at the news and or Twitter to see, you know, news items, but you want somebody who is so that if you have content scheduled that is going out on social, that it's not in poor taste. So, and then a tool that you, obviously one of the tools that I would suggest when coming to scheduling content like that is Agora Pulse, a place that I worked for, for mm -hmm. almost two years at one point, used for years in advance of that, has been a sponsor of this podcast before, so, and, we, and we know great people that work there, and there's, that's just one option. There's, right. there's many options when it comes to, and, and, and even, here's the thing, maybe just don't post anything. Did I just <laughs> say that? Maybe you don't need to. Right. I didn't. I actually really didn't when I was gone. Like I, for work stuff, yes, I did. It was all scheduled, and I walked away. Yeah. And but somebody else had the. And your podcast went out. Your podcast went yeah. out. It didn't. And stop. my podcast went out, and and all that kind of stuff. But like, it it was not an, a matter of oh no, people are going to forget about me if I don't post on social media for like mm -hmm. two weeks. Like right. you could still schedule some stuff. I I could have, and maybe I should have, but did it hurt me? I don't think so. 
In fact, not taking the time to do it actually made it quicker and easier for me to step out and walk away. Yeah. Karen over. (laughs) I have a friend. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, I said I have a friend. She, she's not in our business, or she's not doesn't do social media marketing, so it's a little bit different. She calls it post and ghost. She'll just post something <laughs> yeah. on her personal page and then like go away for a while. Right. And I started doing that on my own personal stuff. Of course, I don't run our our business channels necessarily, so it's you know I wouldn't do that there. But I like that post and ghost. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Karen over on uh, Amazon Live says she uses the block schedule and she blocks things right. out and she does that for social and also for all her, you know, like when to go to the gym, when to do all that stuff. That is, I wish I could do a better job at that. We've also, uh, Gary says he's been using Agora Pulse for a couple of years now uh, and he really likes it. So yeah, that's what we use as well. Sabrina says, exactly. Don't be tone deaf social media poster. Uh, that is very, very true. You got to watch what's going on and not scheduling some things. Um Gary also said he's been using the scheduling feature in Twitter for videos in the media library. That's a hack that Eric taught me a while back too. So that's really good. So yeah, set it and forget about it. So uh, anyway, that hope you don't forget about the show because it's been an amazing show. Keep bringing the productivity tips because I think we need reminders of those uh, throughout the year. Thank you guys for all your comments and uh, the things that you dropped in today that I may even have to try now. But Eric, before we end, I want to make sure that you have time to tell everybody about where they can find you, your podcast, maybe some of your favorite productivity guests that you've had on recently uh, that we should all go and check out. So take it away. Yeah, so uh, you can find the show at beyondthetodolist.com. That's where, uh, like we've said before, um, the show is found. You can find all the episodes there. It's going on 10, it will hit its 10 year anniversary this year. And that's hard for me to believe, but it's true. Um, I mentioned earlier the Don Corey episode about knowing when to say yes. That's one that's just come out. Another one that came out like right before that was uh, Katie Kremitzos on Mm. uh, meditation, but also she's got a really um, unique way of uh, looking at achieving balance as a working mom. So Mm. that's something that a lot of people don't, uh, well, yeah. Anyway, it, it, it's, <laughs> right. it's important. It's important. It's important for all of us. And then uh, there's just there's been a bunch of other ones recently, yeah. like prioritization, yeah. all that good stuff. Yeah. Some of my favorite ones that you have on there, like from Todd Henry, um, some, you know, you've got like I think the James the Atomic Habits guy. Hasn't he been on your yep. show? James yeah. Clear's yeah. on. And uh, let's see, just there's a lot of st- a lot of the stuff that we talked about today. If you were to go look up a word. Yeah, from what you know it's taking a break or sabbatical or all you know pick a word go to right. go to the site and then just search for it you'll get up all these different um yeah. episodes that fit right. that context and also do me a favor and go there to your favorite podcast player and uh do a search for beyond the to-do list, listen to a couple episodes and then subscribe and also leave uh, or follow. Now you're supposed to follow, uh, but also leave a rating and review for Eric. Cause that really helps podcasters out, lets people get the word out and helps out the old algorithm. So make sure to check out beyond the to-do list on your favorite podcasting platforms. And last, but certainly not least is the amazing Grace Duffy. What uh, it's been, so, we had a little, we had to skip a couple of them cause you were out gallivanting around with oh family, but yes. where can people, I'm taking so glad you're break. back. Taking I'm, a break. She was Come taking on. a break. I, I, I'll let her have that. But I mean, we're on it's, a break. it's so good, good to have now. her back. It's so good we're to have her back. Break. So where can we find you Grace now that you're here with us? 
You can find me here most of the time. What have I been saying? You can find me. I, I'll be here except when I'm not. I am so excited to be doing this show with you, Jeff, and I'm excited to be back. I work for Restream, which is another tool I like to help set and forget because you can also record and distribute your your show to all the places, which is what we're doing with our show today. So mm -hmm. I'm super excited. And I want to tell you my favorite, one of my favorite episodes of Eric's podcast was the one he did with Michael Hyatt and his daughter. I can't, I'm oh, sorry, yeah. I can't remember her name, but like, that was just like, I bought the book. I joined the, I joined the group. I did all the things. It was really life changing. It was all about reprioritizing tasks. Yeah. And your life. <laughs> great. There's great guests over there. So if you haven't yeah, checked it out, Megan, you need to. Megan Hyatt Miller. Mm. Yes. Yes. Very cool. And we're also a podcast, so we'd love for you guys to do the same thing while you're over there checking out uh, Eric's show. Make sure to leave us a rating and review as well. Just do a search for Social Media News Live. Our next show is Friday, January 14th at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. You can always find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube, and Amazon Live. Thank you guys so much for being here. Eric, thank you, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Social Media News Live.